Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Go ahead and turn your Bibles, if you would please, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Thank you for being here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, um, this is... This message is really outside of uh, my comfort zone as far as style goes. I think much like Pastor, I, I, I'm, I, I feel like, well, I know I'm not smart enough to come up with my own points. And uh, I'd like to just go take, take, the, take the passage and, and let God give us the points, right? And uh, we've been uh, blessed to be able to go through a couple passages in the last couple weeks. And uh, these next two tonight and, and the following week, um, we're going to be much more topical in this. And of course, we want to bring out some biblical principles through that and hope to be a help to you. Um, next week, I um, hope you'll be back. We're going to be looking at, at culture and uh, how to navigate culture as a family and, and just really as a Christian. And uh, so I think there'll be a lot of just really good general um, stuff there for all of us because we have to live in the world uh, that we, we live in, right? We have to live in this world and in this time, and that does uh, create some complications, especially as parents, right? And so next week we'll be looking at culture and how to navigate culture as a family and as parents. Um, but tonight we'll be looking at a, um, how our kids can survive our shortcomings. Now, we all have shortcomings, right? We all have blind spots, is the truth. And that's really one of the reasons God has given us the church uh, so that we can, as a, as a family, as a church family, we could draw on the experiences and wisdom of, of other people. The Bible does tell us that uh, there, there's safety in a multitude of counselors, right? And so even if you grew up in a, in a godly home and, and you, uh, uh, you had, a, had a mom and dad that loved each other and loved you and had you in a spiritual greenhouse and all those different things, it's still important to be able to, there's safety in getting a multitude of counselors um, in this. So, so we're going to, it, it's, it's literally what it is. We're going to, um, I'm going to just throw out a few ideas. There's no way that we can cover the different issues that each and every one of us may have individually and uniquely to each each family unit, but we'll try to give you some general stuff and just um, just seek some biblical principles to help us navigate and really give us some comfort um, with, this, with this subject that our kids, they can survive our shortcomings. And once again, young people, as we, we talked about last week, I just beg you, uh, be patient with your with your parents, all right? I know uh, you, you want your, your parents to be patient with you, right? Your, your parents are trying to, um, trying to figure you out as well. Um, it was a whole lot easier when you were eight or six, right? And, and the biggest drama was what cereal you liked, right? And, uh, and now we're trying to, you've gone through some changes and some personality changes and, and different things. And, and, uh, and your parents, they just so desperately want to do right. And I think you know that. And, uh, and, and sometimes as parents, we miss the mark, but, but really there's a, I hope you see a sincerity in your parents and you'll, you'll minister grace to your parents and just cut them some slack as they're trying to figure this out as well. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, 
Thank you so much for allowing us to, uh, to be in your house. And uh, I pray, God, that you would uh, um, just guide us now as, as we study this. And, and I pray that uh, the principles of the Word of God would be uh, preeminent and prominent in all these things, God. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to springboard in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5. Here's Paul writing to his preacher boy, Timothy. And Paul says this, you, you just get a sense as you read um, these letters to Paul's preacher boy that there, re there really is a, a tenderness, there's a genuine love that Paul has for this young man. And he says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. So when Paul thinks of Timothy, he, he thinks of a, of a man who has this unfeigned faith. He's a faithful servant of God that is in thee, but it didn't, it didn't just happen there, right? which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I just want to bring this up real quick because really when we think of the ideals, and this is how God designed it, is that a family unit has a mom and a dad, and they love each other for life, and they're committed for life, and, and, and the, the father is the leader of the home, right? And that doesn't make the mother the, um, uh, the doormat or a, or a lesser vessel by any means. It, it, it does not mean that at all, right? But, uh, but nothing in nature has two heads, right? So the buck has to stop somewhere, right? And, and so, so that's the natural progression. That's how God designed it. That's the ideal, right? It's clear here that Timothy, a man with unfeigned faith, a man who was used of God in a mighty way, he didn't grow up in the ideal situation. There's no mention of his father. We don't know what happened with the father. We don't know if maybe he was alive, but he just wasn't a faithful man, or if he died. We, we don't know those things, but we do know that here's what's mentioned is something that we would consider, and truly, scripturally, not the ideal situation. It was, it took a grandmother and a mother. And, and, and I think of, um, I appreciate a, in, our, in our chapel time, uh, um, a pastor sharing um, his story, and, and, uh, and Pastor Sammy has, has, a, has, a, has a testimony as well, and, and I have a testimony as well, where we certainly didn't come from the ideal situations, and, and, and I'm so thankful. My mom has been in heaven for, um, I think it's been 15 years. She, um, she died of uh, pancreatic cancer at the age of 54, and uh, uh, she got saved later in life and, and had to go through a, through a divorce and I was old enough to uh, to see what was happening and see the physical abuse and 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 have a biological father who uh, who, who drank alcohol and gambled and, and on all those things and and then we did a, um, it, it was an ugly split and and I, I do I, I have vivid memories of those things and, uh, and and honestly being happy when it ended even though I was in second grade but it was just such a terrible life and I, I hated seeing such a bad marriage and I hated seeing the abuse and all those things and I remember that being a relief and then and then my mom meeting another man and and uh, and this man become uh, becoming my stepdad but he did raise us he he is my father though he's not my biological father but even in that that step situation that transition I mean there's an awkwardness there uh, there, there, there's just a weird transition all of a sudden um, uh, this this man who is a stranger who's not my dad wants me to call him dad and and at first I mean that had its challenges it was it, it was it was just weird and 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 uh, them being saved uh, later in life they 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 carried baggage into this 
relationship, and, 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 and there was drama in our life, and it, it, was, it was far from the ideal, but, uh, but, uh, but we got saved, and, and my mom was committed to, to Christ, and there was, in essence, an e- unequal yoke there, where, whereas my, my stepdad is a saved man, but his level of commitment to Christ wasn't the same as my mom's, but my mom uh, just really took on uh, the spiritual leadership role. She did that. And I mean, she needed to, and, and so she did. And so my mom raised three kids, my, my two, my two uh, sisters. Um, we all went to public school, and my two sisters both had GPAs over 4.0. I didn't, but I was more athletic than them, and um, I was cooler than them. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I mean, I, I did fairly well. In, I was the consummate underachiever, but I, I got fairly good grades as well. I got somewhat close to that 4.0, but my sisters were over 4.0. We all played sports. We, were, uh, we, we all did pretty well out in the community, all those different things, and, and we all had our choice of universities, uh, so to speak, and all three of us chose to be in ministry. I've, uh, one, one of my sisters down in San Diego is the, is the pastor's wife now of the church that we grew up in, and, and my other sister is in in Oregon, she's a youth pastor's wife, and they've worked with uh, uh, with teens for 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 a long time. And so, out of that that less than ideal environment, still, God can be glorified in those things, right? We all bring these different things, and so we see here definitely less than ideal situation, but Timothy being brought up through there. So I want to just, I've got seven points here. And would, you, would you look real quick? And, and this could have been, a, as I was kind of reviewing, and, and how uh, when, I, when I taught in a, in a Bible college situation, I taught a speech class, and, and uh, we obviously going over speech writing and, and uh, really an, an effective way to, to put together a speech or, or an essay is you do your introduction last, right? You get your, uh, you get your, your body done and your, your, your main points. Obviously, you have to have a thesis statement, and then you already know what you put together for your content and that can drive your introduction, uh, something interesting or something to st- set things up. And so that's pretty much how I prepare my sermons. I, I, I prepare my main points, my main content. And then at the end, I try to come up with some type of introduction. And so as I'm looking at this, I mean, it's clear that Paul loves Timothy. Look at verse number two. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, he calls him, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our, our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So he's thankful that, that right away it's just something natural. And, and really, it's natural. The people that we're closest to, those are the ones that we're naturally going to think to pray for. And this is something that Paul is thanking God for. I thank my God, and we have a bit of a parenthetical statement, right? I thank my God that there's, he always has this remembrance. So there's this special, genuine, tender love that Paul has for Timothy. And here's, here's one thing that really, um, if we're working with less than the ideals, right? And, and we're aware of our shortcomings. But really a big thing is to pray that God provides a spiritual mentor for your children outside of the extended family. Right. And, and those whether or not, even if you, if you do come from that, uh, you know, if, if, you, if hopefully praise the Lord, if, if, if it's mom and dad working together, it's always a blessing. Hey, the more people you have loving on your children. Right. And helping the helping to encourage them in the ways of the Lord. It's a blessing. But especially but especially if we're working with less 
ideal situation, then really pray for someone to come alongside who could be a true and, and, and a vital spiritual mentor for your children. All right, so I've got seven thoughts here, all right, seven thoughts. So first of all, number one, have a good marriage. Have a good marriage. Now, obviously, we don't have the time. This is a whole this, this is a whole series on how to have a good marriage. And uh, but but here's a couple things that hey, if you feel like your your parenting has been less than honorable, if at least you have a good marriage, all right, then your kids can see something honorable. Amen. Because the Bible says that marriage is honorable. And so we can at least work on that part. If, if you have a good marriage, that makes up for a lot of, of, of uh, uh, parenting mistakes, right? Um, the, the husbands are told to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So at least that part you can take comfort in. If we, if we as husbands are committed and learn how to love our, our, our wives as Christ loved the church, then at least our kids can see that. Whereas, hey, we're trying to discern different things, the bad behavior, where it comes from. Do I, is it a misdemeanor? Is it felony? Or is it insanity, right? Is, is, it, is this rebellion or immaturity? Or is this coming from pain? And a lot of those things can, man, can be really confusing and hard to, to navigate. But hey, at least if you have a good marriage, there's some honorable, it's a lot of honorable that your kids can look at. At least they could respect that, right? Have a, have a good marriage and, uh, and uh, relieve them from the stresses, the natural stresses of marriage, right? And maybe, I mean, I know not everyone's like, uh, like, like, like me and Brenna, right? We have, in 25 years of marriage, we have never had a fight, right? I've never lied from the pulpit, right? Until right that moment, right? Of course we fight, we're, we're human. Right, but we always tried our best to make sure. Hey, we we don't fight a lot, and it's not knock knock down drag outs. You know, we don't fight a lot because I'm scared of my wife. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, just we 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 don't we don't we don't fight a lot. But of course, we're human. It's it's going to happen, and and there's going to be some disagreements. Uh, but I think we're always cognizant of that. We we don't want our kids at least to know, right? And so um, so I mastered the whisper yell. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? You are being no, I'm just kidding. That, that, that's not, yeah, this is, I'm not giving you an example of good marriage counseling, right? But, but you know what I'm saying, right? And, and, uh, and make sure you, yeah, if you're having a disagreement, that, that, it, that it's done respectfully. And if you, could, if you can do it, you really should. If you do it outside of the ears or where young ears can't hear it, I mean, that's, that's, that's really what you should do, right? Because, I mean, you remember, parents, remember what it's like being a kid and, and mom and dad fought. That was really stressful. Sometimes it was funny, right? But sometimes, a lot of times, it was just really stressful and heartbreaking. Worked with a lot of kids that were just dealing with the stress of watching a bad marriage. Folks, moms and dads, you have to understand yeah, having a, if you have a, a troubled marriage, yeah, that's hard on the two of you, but you can't forget. Don't lose sight of the fact that is really hard on your kids. They see it, and that stress affects them as well. 
And so, no, obviously, we can't go into this deeply, but if, you, if your marriage is struggling, then you need to seek out some counsel. You can work on this thing. There's some things that maybe you can, and maybe you didn't have that. I didn't, I didn't have a godly marriage modeled for me either, right? But there's some things. Obviously, God, God gives us some principles, and there are some wonderful marriages right here, some incredible resources that, that you need to draw upon to get help in this, and one of the best things that you can do, that we can do for our children, is to have a good marriage. All right, number two, consider your special need. Consider your special need. All right, so we've talked much, and I'm going to talk a, try to talk a little bit in code here because um, he's here with us, and uh, he typically loves being the, the center of attention, but um, uh, you know my, um, I have offspring, right? And my oldest one, my oldest descendant, all right, has a special need, has a, is, uh, is autistic, and that um, has its challenges. And now, this is one thing that, um, that we try to pass on to other believers, um, is that there are special needs children, but, but really we have to be aware that if there's a special needs child in the home, that, that's, that's really, it's a special needs family. It's a special, the, the whole family has special needs. There, there's, some, there's some extra pressures, there's some extra effort, it's a little bit more tiring, uh, right? And, and just, just some extra burdens. There is some extra. And so for us, with, with, with my oldest, he has the tendency um, to dominate every single situation. So when we would have um, family time, right? And I, and I caught this later and, and I, I felt like I caught it too late, but I did catch it at, at least. When what we were, was, we were hoping to be family time, it actually wasn't family time because still much of the attention was still being drawn to the one because he was just so dominant in any uh, social situation. So we weren't actually having family time. It was still, it was always time, even though we were all together, that the focus was still on the one, and we actually weren't socializing and having really quality family time with our other three. And I caught that later as they were in their early, our older ones were in their early teens and started to realize, hey, I'm, I'm starting to... Um, examine what was going on and different behaviors and, 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 and attitudes and things like that that are coming out. And, and that was one thing that I realized, okay, I'm, I'm missing this thing. And yeah, we're having family time and we're all together and we're all in the same geographic space, but we're not actually socializing with the other three, right? And so that was one of our special needs that we had to figure out, okay, we've got to, we've got to do something about this. Um, and then even, you know, just even being in ministry, that's a special need for our kids. And let me say this, and, and don't, don't get this wrong, 99% of, of, of people that we were around in our church family were just good and gracious to our kids, but there's typically an element, a type of person, of people that feel like the ministry kids need to be on a, have, have different expectations. And that's not fair. That's not fair. Um, preacher's kids, they're kids, right? And, and I hope, and I, I don't sense there's anything bad going on around here, but I, I just feel like I think it's something that we need to be reminded of. Hey, let's, um, you know, kids are kids, period. Whether they're preacher's kids or missionary's kids, 
right? And, uh, and then when, when, when missionaries, when we have the opportunity to have missionaries here and minister to them, and, and, and guess what? I am telling you, being a guest at a church, when you have young kids, there's a lot of pressure. And because every church has different things. We were, uh, years ago, our kids were younger and we were preaching somewhere. And, and one of our kids, I mean, they must have been five or something like that. And they were starting to, um, to climb up on the, on the platform of less than five. And, and one, one, of the, um, one of the members, just a dear, so a former missionary, says, I just want to let you know, it's okay here. But for some churches, if your kids touch the platform, it is the worst thing in the world. Like, oh, my goodness. So, no, 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 it's okay. And, and he, he was so gracious. And, and just guess, especially missionaries, right? Because this is, it's not just their ministry. I mean, this is their living, right? They're, they're, uh, and, and there's so much pressure. And, and so I hope that something like that, we can understand, hey, there, there might be a missionary family. They, they might have driven four hours on a Sunday afternoon to get here on a Sunday night or, or eight hours on a, on a Wednesday to get here on a, on a Wednesday night and the kids might be a little squirrely and, and, and make sure we, we put them at ease on that. Hey, that's a special need that they have there, uh, an extra little bit of pressure that they're living with. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way, but it's the truth and, and that we can be proactive in, in letting people like that in our midst off the hook right? And being proactive with people. If we have opportunity to minister to, to people with, with special needs and, and just to, to, to make them comfortable. And, and as one thing, man, we are so thankful that, that, that many of you have been so gracious to us and, and let us know, hey, it, it, it's okay. And, 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 and all these different things and, and those that being proactive is, is so very important. So there's different special needs in that sense. And let's remember that preacher's kids, they're kids, they're kids. Um, and so you think about your, yours. And so not everybody, mo, not, most everybody's not going to have that type of special need, right? But everybody has something. Everybody has an issue. We all carry some type of baggage. And it honestly could be something, I mean, if you have a, and I don't think we have anything, like that, and this isn't a negative, but if you, if you have a family of 10 kids, and then my sister, I told you, my sister Elaine, she has 10 kids, I think. I've lost count. Is it 10, honey? Something like that. It's 10. I don't know their names. You know, I just, uh, I hug them and I love them, but I don't know their names. I don't know. Their, and, uh, but uh, um, I think she has 10 kids. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a special need. You know, there's some extra effort there to, to, um, to, to connect with each individual one, right? And then so if you have one child, I mean, there's something. So I'm just talking about unique things to you. I mean, so we have our unique things that we have to consider that not everybody understands, and you have your unique things. And so maybe you grew up in a dysfunctional family. You know, that's a special need that you need to consider, right? Maybe you have a really big family. Maybe you have a really small family. Um, uh, just different things. What is your special need? So even if you don't know the answer to your issue, right, don't deny or marginalize it. Because our, our kids pretty much know, all right, well, hey, this is just different. We're, we're different in this way, or this is a little bit more of a challenge. And if we just marginalize and say, oh, no, no, it's not that big of a, you're just belly aching, you're just being a complainer, man, there, there's a frustration, or that could cause some hurt. Well, there's just something that really is a kind of a legitimate concern for your kids. Hey, if you don't, don't know the answer of how to fix this thing or how to manage it, all right, at least don't marginalize it. Get the help, get the counsel in it, right? And then start working on whatever your special, unique need is. I mean, think about it. It could be the fact that you grew up in a different country. 
And so there's, um, you know, we're all, every single one of us parents are working with with a generational difference, right? But then you may have a generational difference and a cultural difference where you just grew up in a, in a different country and that, that, can, that has its challenges as well. And so that, that could be your thing. And so your kids are growing up in, in American culture around purely you know, American kids and, and, that's, and you grew up in the Philippines and that's not a bad thing, right? But there's some things, there's some cultural intricacies that we can, we can work on that might be an issue. We'll, we'll talk about that specifically um, next week. So consider your special need. What is your special, unique thing, your issue, your baggage, different things. So number three, make adjustments with wisdom. Make adjustments with wisdom. Okay, so now you've you figured some things out, all right? Some, uh, there, there's been some, uh, some frustrating changes with, with the kids. They, they're, they're 12 years old now or 15, and things have changed, and things are frustrating, and things are difficult, and, and now you're, uh, you're coming to grips with your, some special needs, and, and, and maybe you, you haven't managed it properly um, to this point, and now you need to make adjustments. So, for example with our situation, with what we were hoping to do was family time and realizing, acknowledge, okay, this actually isn't family time, right? We're not able to socialize and give attention to the other three. And so we had to make an adjustment and intentionally make time to where we did just spend time with the other three. So it took that pressure off. It took the focus so that so we can have some focus on them as well. We had to make that adjustment and seek the help of friends and family to help us with um, the, the oldest one, right? And uh, we all needed a break. Like I said, hey, it's not just a special needs child. It's a special needs family. So yes. I think we, we automatically and quickly think, and rightly so, hey, that, that the mom needs a break, right, from a, uh, from, from a high-maintenance special needs child, and, and the parents do, but, but guess what? You know, the, the kids do too, actually. The kids do too. And the kids need mom and dad and need to really hang out with mom and dad. And so that was one of the adjustments we made. And so, I mean, so with ministry... It was just different. My day off was, was, was Tuesday, the church that I worked with. Saturday was a, was, was a busy day off. For most people in the world, they can hang out on a Saturday. For me, I couldn't do that. And so one of the adjustments we made, hey, we just took the kids out of school on Tuesday. They hated that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it was great. I mean, they, they loved being out of school, but that was what we could do. And so, of course, we couldn't do that every week, but every once in a while, hey, this is our chance to spend as a family. This is what we had to do. Now, it, it's different for you. But what kind of adjustments do you need to, to make in order to manage whatever your special, unique thing is? But so when we talk about making adjustments with wisdom, um, <clears throat> I have a, a prayer spot, uh, Corona Del Mar at Inspiration Point, and, and a lot of times I'll stand up there or go down the, uh, the ramp a little bit or stand or sit there, and, and a lot of times I'll, I'll walk the beach and, and just pray and talk to God. But in, in particular, from, from Inspiration Point, I just love looking out at the ocean. I, in my first, uh, uh, first week, I talked about how important um, awe is, A-W-E, right? It, it makes us feel smaller, but not in a bad sense, right? Not in a shameful sense, but, but small. He must increase and I must decrease, right? So you look out in this big, vast ocean and talk to God, man, it's amazing. But then I've noticed in the last, uh, uh, last couple months, um, you could see um, the, the freight ships, the big old freighters going into LA Harbor, and there's just a line of these huge cargo ships. You know, they can't get in, there's all, all kinds of drama with dock workers, 
and there's just a whole bunch out there. I'd never seen them. We, we'd come out and visit, never, never seen that before. And so with these big old cargo ships, and you probably saw it on the news, you know, the Suez Canal, right? there was a big old ship that just got, you know, got, just got all wonky in there and just got stuck for a long time, right? And there was big old traffic. These things are so, especially when they're out in sea and they've got to navigate to get into the harbor, these big old ships, they're so huge, it takes them miles to adjust course, to make a turn, right? It just, it takes them miles. And so some adjustments are like these big cargo ships, right? Where you have to do them, you know, a little bit more gradually. A few years ago, one of our favorite vacation spots, us personally, is Portland, Oregon. Great food scene, great coffee, great donuts, amen, right? But they do, they have, the, you know, there's the nature, there's the waterfalls, we love that, but we, you know, the city's not so great now, but um, it was one of our favorite things. And, and one of the things we did as a family, we were in Portland, and we got, we, uh, we took a speedboat tour, and uh, on the Willamette River, the, the Columbia River comes down and it splits, and there's the Willamette River that goes south right through Portland. And, and we took, we got on the speedboat, and it, and it takes you um, up and down the river, and they tell you the history of some buildings and bridges. It was cool, but it wasn't just like a history lesson. It was just, it was this adventure. And these speedboats are fast, and they turn on a dime, and, and they're splashing water, and they're spinning 360, 180. It, it was amazing. I mean, so these things just turn on a dime. And so sometimes, the adjustments that we need to make in life are speedboat adjustments. I mean, you gotta just get it done right now, right? So make adjustments with wisdom. So some things are cargo ships. You're not gonna turn that cargo ship like this, right? You're gonna do damage, it's just, it's just not possible. But some things, it's speedboat adjustment, all right? So for example, I mean, if you don't, this is the Wednesday night crowd, but here's just an example. I mean, if you don't go to church, you speedboat that one, go to church. Right? I mean, if there's anything sinful happening, all right? And we're talking about just sin. And that, that's a speedboat adjustment. Repent. Stop. Stop sinning. Right? But then there's some other things that just maybe need some, a gradual turn. So here, for, here's, here's another example. We talked about trying to um, have quality one-on-one -on -one time with each child, all right? Um, and if your child is seven, I mean, that's easy, right? You just go to the donut, you walk to the park, right? Swing on the park, swing at the park, go down the slides, right? No big deal. But if you're trying to, like, at 17, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, we're going to have quality one-on-one -on -one time. It's going to be awkward. That's just the truth. It is. It's just going gonna, gonna to be awkward. If, you, if you've just never done that, and you're try to go to, you know, go to a coffee shop or what have you, and and sit there and look at each other and, you know, twiddle your thumbs. And like I said, just like with anybody, you don't know which eyeball to look at. That's how I am. <laughs> I'm just kind of weird that way. And <laughs> I just don't know which eyeball to look at. <laughs> and, um, and, and so that could be just kind of weird at 15. It's just a little bit more complicated. And, and so maybe uh, instead of you, you, you work towards that and, and maybe you, you do something with not just one-on-one, -on -one, but just with, with the kids or a couple kids or maybe a cousin or, 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 or family friend or what have you, and, and you hang out and something that's not so um, socially one-on-one, face-to-face, -on -one, which eyeball-driven type of thing, right? But, but we're talking about at least it, it, it's, a, it's a move towards, towards making a connection and, but it's a little bit more gradual and to where, you know, one day maybe you, you can sit at a coffee shop, right? And just be very comfortable 
and spend one-on-one -on -one time. So you understand what I'm saying? So make these adjustments. So it's, it's, it's not too late. You, you, you haven't ruined your life or, or your kid's life if you haven't done it right. Or now you're catching some things like we did when, when our kids are in their early teens. It's like, oh man, how could I have missed that? Well, I did. I'm not gonna, I, it's not healthy for me to beat, keep beating myself up over it. So I make the adjustments, right? Some of them are speedboat. Got to do that right now. Got to be faithful to church. Got to stop sinning. Those things, boom, turn on a dime. But there's other things that just might take, need some, you know, a gentle adjustment, a gentle turn. Make adjustments with wisdom. Number four, educate yourself. Educate yourself. All right, so it's, this is the truth. It, it doesn't have to be, this, and it really shouldn't be this way. You know, the, our, our kids are more tech savvy than the parents. It's typical, right? Almost stereotypical. But it really shouldn't be that way. There's really no excuse now for us parents to not be educated because we have Google and there's the school of YouTube, right? You could, you could learn a whole lot of stuff on YouTube. And so there, there's just something. I mean, I, I just have, we don't have time to go over all these things, but, uh, um, but, but as far as, hey, phones, and uh, we've talked about it. It used to be, you know, it, there's a, if you had a family computer, all right, that thing had some dangers to it. But so, so don't have a computer in your kid's room and they could close the door. And, and I, you know, my, my belief is that, that, that the computer should be in a high traffic area facing out and you should probably be right over their shoulder uh, or just behind them somewhere while they're on the computer. But now we're all walking around with computers in our pockets and they're powerful. They can be helpful, but they can be dangerous, right? And so there's some things, hey, um, uh, yeah, I... My opinion, your 12-year-old your doesn't need a smartphone, right? And so maybe you, you, maybe you need to look up Gab phones, all right? G-A-B, or maybe it's G-A-B-B, -B, all right? They look like a smartphone, right? But they're not, all right? And so, hey, well, you're just a, uh, you're, you're a, um, uh, you know, ma just making them feel like they have, so they don't get embarrassed. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, it, it, we shouldn't take pleasure in embarrassing our, our children, right? I mean, that was the thing. I didn't think of it. I remember when, uh, when our, our, our kids, they wanted a phone, and, and they, were the, they were among the last kids in youth group to get a phone. And I remember I was so happy. Um, we finally we got a phone for, for the two older ones to share, and it was a flip phone. I didn't think anything of it, right? But then they told me later, they, I mean, when they, they didn't want to be seen in youth group with the flip phone, I was like, I got you this phone. Look, you can call us. You can, you can text us. You just, you know, it's, it's a little extra effort, you know, to get to the letters, but you can, you can text us. You know, texting on a flip phone, right? I mean, if there's some of you, you need to experience that, all right? Okay? And so, you know, now there's something called a gab phone where you just gab on it. It's, it's a phone, right? But, it, it, but you don't have to do this to it. Bloop. All right? Bloop. You remember those days? All right? Hey, look that up. Educate yourself. I, I don't know anything, know much about Android phones at all, but I'm guessing they have some type of um, restrictions, but Apple phones do. They have restrictions. They're, they're pretty powerful and, and limits to them. Educate yourself on that. Make use of those things. Um, if your kids have smartphones, you, you have to know how to do that. 
get to know uh, um, accountability filters and things like that. They're, they're powerful. It used to be just a few years ago that Apple security was so tight that, uh, um, that these accountability, accountability filters couldn't reach into other apps like the, the web browser. And, and so you really couldn't, um, you couldn't filter those things or know what was going on. But now it, it's changed. Uh, those things can happen. So, so parents, you have to educate yourself. I, I mentioned, uh, look up Plugged In, Plugged In Online through Focus on the Family. You can get information on pop culture. You have to know. You have to know. And there's, there's so much filth. I'm not saying enjoy the filth, but, but you have to know what's going on there. And, and really, this is, um, of course, we need to protect our children from, uh, from, uh, from filth. And I, I think we think of that that perversions in, in, in a sexual way, and no doubt about that, we, we live in a centralized world, but even just information and philosophies, all right? And, and honestly, I try, I, I'm not super political from the pulpit, I get tempted and I could get fired up, but there's a, a young lady in, um, in, in, in Congress, is it Congress, I don't know, but she's from New York, and she's, she thinks she's all super cool. She talks like this, and she's on TikTok, and, and it goes on her eyeball, and, and, uh, and, she's, and she's all super. And, and the young people just think she's super cool, because I guess because she does this while she talks, right? Boom, boom. And, uh, and, but I, I'm honestly, I'm so, flo- it used to be funny, right? Um, I'm not one name, but her, you know, her initials are AOC. Um, just the initials, all right? And, um, it used to crack me up, but now I listen to them like, wow, people really think like this. And, and, and young people are, are running to this way of thinking. And honestly, and, and here's my thing, and, and I, um, I'm not one to say that you, you, if you're a Democrat, you can't be a Christian. I, I'm not saying that, but I mean, you really should think about the party platform. There's a few things on there. Well, I just don't see how a Christian could be okay with it, all right? But just some of the ideas that maybe your kids are following this on TikTok. And she's all cool, right? She's young, she's hip, all that. And these ideas, they're coming into their heads, right? They're wondering why we're losing a generation of young people to really crazy political thought. But it, it, it affects morals and ethics and all these things. And they're exposed to these things and, and celebrities, all the garbage they're spewing out. So it's not just the entertainment part. It's not just the sensuality and the perversion, but it's just these, these really bad ways of looking at culture and politics, so to speak, that really can affect their lives that really we have to be careful with. All right. So educate yourself, educate yourself on the issues of the day. Number five, carefully consider the observations of others. Carefully consider the observations of others. Okay, here's one of the biggest challenges and frustrations. Now I knew, I understand. There's, I don't know exactly what's happening in the home. I could only give you what I see in youth group, all right? And when, when, I, was a, when I was a youth pastor. And, uh, and so I'm thinking, and because I know that there are some old friends that have been watching these messages. And so I'm gonna speak in code again, um, but there was a young person in particular that I'm thinking of that just had some real social challenges and um, they would get bullied some, uh, most of it was self-induced. And, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a hard thing to navigate, right? Because there is, um, obviously we're not, a, uh, we're not for bullying, but a lot of times there's this uh, peer um, correcting, so to speak, is really important for, for young people. Um, so we have to be careful not to um, uh, uh, 
to make sure our kids' lives are completely devoid of, um, of you know, conflict, all right? Sometimes our, our kids learn from other kids, like, oh, that was dumb. <laughs> that was a dumb thing to do. That's not a, that's not a right way to act, right? That's inappropriate when, when, when other kids say, oh, okay, because that was dumb. Why did you do that, right? And it's not always bullying. But there was one young person that I'm, I'm thinking of that was just having uh, have challenges and um, and so I remember having a talk with the, with the parent, and, and they really felt like I was against their child. And so I, I was trying to honestly help them. I was really concerned. I really felt like this child just really needed some extra guidance socially. There might have been some special issues, some special needs, and they were in denial of that. And so this, uh, um, uh, this particular family, um, they told me, says, well, you don't know so-and-so like I know so-and-so. And Marquise, I'll tell you who it is later. Um, but uh, um, you don't know so-and-so like I know so-and-so. And it's like, oh, I, I get that, but you don't see what I see as well. All right? I, I don't see exactly what's going on in the home, but it's not just me. And so at this camp, hey, this counselor told me, so yes, the, 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 um, the young people were giving them a hard time, but, but this counselor said, hey, no, this, the, 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 the young person is, is inviting it. They're, they're the instigator. Says, oh, well, no, that, that counselor was only 19 years old. So, okay, yes, I, I understand that. I knew we had the, that, that trouble. And so I put an older counselor um, with, this, with this person. And then that person um, wasn't 19. I mean, literally, there's another counselor, probably uh, closer to 30. So, well, that person uh, never really liked um, our child. And there was always the excuse, so hold on, so it's not just me. It's that counselor from camp and that youth worker and it's that teacher and, and that Sunday school teacher. So hold on. So if what we need to look for as parents are patterns. Patterns. And yes, yes, I understand you get that look at home, and it's probably the closest look, but that look outside is really important as well, right? And, 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 and there's, there's a balance somewhere. You know, my, my kids, they let their hair down at home, right? And they show different things with other people, and I need to consider those things. So, it, and also when we're considering the, the observations of others, so we're looking at patterns as opposed to instances, right? There's going to be stuff that just happens, right? But patterns is what we really need to be concerned with. Is there a pattern of lying? We're all going to lie about all of our kids and lie. But is there a pattern of lying? Is there a pattern of cheating in school? We've all cheated in school in some way, right? Parents, we all have, right? But I mean, is there, there's just this pattern. It always happens. It's just something that we need to consider, carefully consider, the observations of others. No parents, Ryan Cavan's perspective is really important. There's stuff that he sees that you're just not going to see. You're not going to see. Your, your, your child's school teacher, their perspective is important. There's stuff that they're going to see, interactions with their peers, that you have to consider and look for patterns, not just instances. Number six, take responsibility for what you are responsible for. Take responsibility for what you're responsible for. Here's a big thing for parents to take care of yourselves because what we do, especially the parents that, that just, who are most committed to Christ and just so desperately want to point their kids to Christ and do right, I mean, we tend to really beat ourselves up. 
when our kids act wrong, right? And we take responsibility for this. Think about this, though. I mean, we can only do our part, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying we're not responsible, right? But we need to keep this in balance. We do our part. So, for example, Adam and Eve, quote-unquote, failed with one of their kids, right? There's a guy named Cain. There was a guy named Abel. They taught them both, right? One of them got it. One of them did the, um, they did, the, did the sacrifice exactly right. The other one, he didn't. He came up with his own way. You know, he didn't, he didn't want to put the meat on the altar, and he, he, brought, he, brought, the, he brought the vegetables, right? He, he didn't learn that from mom and dad, right? Abel learned it somehow. Cain missed it or just rebelled. But do you see, so, and Cain had to um, pay a heavy price for his rebellion. But do you ever see Adam and Eve being rebuked? For Cain's sin? No. God, God doesn't go to Adam and Eve and rebuke them and come down and then you failed with your kid. You can only do your part. And Abel chose to do right. Cain chose to do wrong. He paid the price for it. I also think of Eli in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Eli and his sons, they, they were doing some bad things, some sexually promiscuous things. And God, Eli had to pay a price. But if you look at that in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, you don't have time to, to turn there, but you can write that at 1 Samuel chapter 3, um, verses 11 through 13. God says that Eli is going to pay a price because of what he knew about his sons, and he didn't restrain his sons. He was responsible for his response to his son's sin. Not to his, he wasn't responsible for their sin. They made the choice to sin. We could only do our part. Now, when our kids act up, our responsibility is to respond in the proper way. And that is to bring chastisement. That is to bring discipline. That is to bring guidance. That's our part, right? Parents, be careful and say, oh man, I'm a complete failure. They did this and they chose that. No, our kids still have their own free will. Young people, it's on you, and we hope you choose right. And mom and dad are trying to equip you in the best way and just point you the right direction. And yes, no doubt, we miss it sometimes, but they're just trying their best. And ultimately, young people, it's on you to do right. And parents, take responsibility for what you're responsible for. Responsible for your response to your kids, our kids' bad behavior. And then lastly, make things right when you're wrong. Make things right when you're wrong. Parents, apologize when you need to apologize. And use the, the, follow scriptural principles. It's the same in the home, right? Use scriptural for, for resolving conflict. It should be in private. You don't have to um, call out your kids in front of all the kids, right? If, if, if one kid is acting up and one kid has an issue, have a private conversation with them. I mean, this is good biblical stuff of resolving conflict. And then and if, if you've done wrong, if we've done wrong, repent. Acknowledge where you're wrong. Say you're sorry. And let them know that you understand that you're wrong. And, and, and here's the challenge. And, and sometimes our kids do provoke us, right? They, they push our buttons, right? And, and, and an effective apology says, you know, I'm really sorry I blew up. But you know what? You were, you were a jerk. <laughs> like, come on. It could be true that they're a jerk, right? But we still did wrong. 
And if we're making an excuse, that's not real repentance, right? And that's not a, there's not going to be a restoration of, uh, of, of a relationship. It's the way, yeah, man, I, I know I lost it, but you shouldn't have done this, but I lost it. I'm, I'm sorry about losing it because you did that. No, no. If, if you lost it, you're wrong. You're wrong. If you said something wrong, you were wrong, period, period. And so make things right when you are wrong. And we've had to walk that road, even just from years back of just a different way of, of thinking, just in, in, in ministry and things like that, and towing the party line and, and expecting more of our kids and just, just unfair because they're preacher's kids or, or, or reacting in a way that was more to save my face as a preacher as opposed to really caring for them and guiding them. And that was wrong. And I had to apologize. And I had to ask for their forgiveness. So make things right when you're wrong. Our kids can survive our shortcomings. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.